Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast that's designed for entrepreneurs who are looking for a dynamic upward pivot in their lives and their businesses. I'm your host, Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Fady Pressler. She's the president of Spark Publications. She's an author, and she's fabulous. Welcome to the show, Fady. Oh, it's so good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Ready we... to talk about what we love so much, right? Exactly, exactly. And, um, Fady, one of the many things you and I have in common is that we are both entrepreneurs. How long have you been in business? I've had this business for 20 years, and the previous business was six. Oh, my goodness. So you, you've been around a few, uh, the block a few times. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so this current business you have, the Spark Publications, you do custom publishing. And um, I, I think that that's as good a place as any to just get started with our conversation today. So what, what, is, pub, uh, what is custom publishing? And um, how can custom publishing help our fellow entrepreneurs? I created this company in order to be able to help business owners and corporations and associations tell their stories. And so I created a, a model to design and produce custom magazines and then custom books. And what that is, is it's really working directly with a client's brand story and making sure that that's infused and packaged and everything that they do. And with my core being in graphic design, then I started that the company with that core and built it up from there. So 20 years ago, I was a, a, a freelance graphic designer getting things started and working in, in magazine design. And now we have, you know, 20 years later, we have a full staff that helps, you know, these big associations um, nationally. And we have a couple internationally and some regionally really just build their magazines and their books. So it's all just amazing design with great content and ends up being very marketable packaged pieces that help grow associations and businesses. So that's the custom part. It's the custom publishing because it's got the client's voice really infused in there telling their story. And um, it's it, the book part of it is independent publishing. So it's custom publishing in an independent format. So we work like a large publisher, but with an entrepreneurial model that the business owner owns 100% of their rights and 100% of everything in their books and magazines. Oh, that's really cool. And there's something about that, even as we've moved into a digital age, obviously, and everybody's on their devices all the time, there's still something about having that physical book. It, it lends a legitimacy to your business or, or a magazine, something you can hand your clients. I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Do you? Well, um, actually, no. Um, it, you know, there was a really scare when everybody was talking about, oh, print is dead. And everybody thought, okay, print is dead. But yes, it was in the sense that you stopped getting like a lot of the cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so when you go to your mailbox now, it's not completely full of stuff. But what we found is that it migrated to a higher end way of communicating directly with your clients and your prospective customers. So, you know, it, 
it like everything else, it transformed. It didn't die. It died in a certain capacity, but it's still out there. I mean, look at every, you know, wonderful TV show that's out there and even podcasts now or um, blogs, rather, are converting it to magazines in order to be able to monetize it better to their higher end customers. So there's definitely a very digital world out there and everything that we do is in print and digital but it's um, it's it's transformed into being more of a higher end, more respectable luxury type product. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, when so, so kind of like walk me through the process when your clients come to you. You mentioned brand story, mm-hmm. and does that mean that your clients come to you already knowing what that story is, or do they come knowing that they perhaps need to? tell that story or spin that story, but they, they're not really sure where to go with that. And, and that's what you do. We get, we have both. And so typically the, the smaller business owner and entrepreneur comes in and we have strategy sessions where we're working with them to help them build their, their brand story and their focus and understanding their audience and sometimes even identifying their audience. But the majority of who we work with is also the, you know, the large national association. So they are clear on their story, on their brand story and what they need their membership to hear and to know and to learn. And they come to us because they see they see how we're able to listen to what their brand story is and how we can tell it from page to page to make sure their branding stays in there, to make sure the the look and the feel of that brand is easily translated into their product as a whole. So no, not everybody knows their brand story. And yes, those that do know it are very specific about making sure that when you open up their magazine, when you get one of their books, that it's clear that it's from that company. It's clear that the story that they want told is, is infused in there. Yeah. You know, what's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking that, um, our core businesses are very aligned and, and in some ways very similar yes. because outside of doing this podcast, I do video production and we are always telling our clients stories too. And so I, I just, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so fascinated by your business because we do have this similarity and um, it, it, like I could just listen to entrepreneur stories all day long. I, I just love it. <laughs> Which is why you're doing this wonderful podcast so thank you (laughs) yeah you know it's it's all related that's that's true and before we started recording today you and I were just chit-chatting a little bit and we were remarking on the fact that we both come from a um, line of entrepreneurs in our family and and I said I wonder if that's you know something that is in your blood really but well how 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 far back does it go in your family well, I knew that my dad was always trying something new. So, you know, when it's just your norm that, you know, dad's creating another another project, another business to, you know, try to make money, you don't know that that's not the way everybody does things. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't really know about or really consider myself an entrepreneur. But when a great opportunity came for me to finally face the fact that, you know, my my husband and my daughter were spending so much time with everybody else on this planet besides me, then I knew that it was time for me to do something more independent than the, the work I was doing for other companies. 
so I went in kind of like a lot of, you know, passionate artists and entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial brains, ADD brains go into things thinking, oh, I can do this <laughs> and, and dove into it and, and created a business that, you know, now today it's very successful. It was very successful in its own way 20 years ago. But what I didn't really realize was the level of impact that my father and his, you know, small businesses and things that he'd done, um, done, had created rather, um, really helped fuel my desire to make things a lot better than what he did. And I share that because he was he's a he's a great chef and a fantastic artist and carver and amazing with his hands and the senior year before I was um in high school he had built a restaurant and we had had it for less than a year and it was difficult i mean cuz you know he was a very good craftsman but didn't have any business skills which you know, going through the Goldman 10 KSB program, we know, we know, we know, we know how extremely valuable having those good um, business foundations are. But that that single act of him stepping out from the norm of doing small, small things and launching his own restaurant actually brought us to a place where he lost the restaurant, we lost our home, we lost the land that we were living on. And through the beautiful, kind grace of a friend of the family that lived a state away, opened up their home and brought my family in. That's what I knew about business ownership is that if you don't do it right, you lose everything. So I have, yeah. And I saw that and I lived it, you know, and, and being whisked away from everything that you know in the, you know, in the middle of your senior year in high school is not okay. <laughs> yeah. But it teaches you a lot of great things. Um, a lot of great things on flexibility and, you know, fortitude and so many different fabulous things. Um, but what it didn't seem to instill in me was anything beyond fear and it didn't instill the fact that I really needed to know how to run a business before I started a business. And um, so I learned things the hard way. But I did have this feeling and this deep ingrained thing in me to succeed. And actually, really, in the middle of a class in Babson, did I realize why I was so strong and set forward in succeeding was because of my father's story. And as I started writing this next book of mine, I had um, an aunt. So my family's French. Both of my parents immigrated to the States from France. My first um, language was French. So, you know, we came in as, you know, foreigners and trying to figure so many things out. Um, My aunt recently came from France and shared with me how sad she was and how sad my French family overseas was when, you know, we lost everything that we did and had to move. She knew how hard that was. And then she said something that just rocked my world. She said, especially with our family's history and what your grandfather went or your great grandfather went through. And I went, what? I had never heard the story that my great grandfather had was a business owner and owned a bank in the middle of Paris. And when the, you know, right at the Great Depression came and all those banks, you know, were just hit so hard, he lost that. And they were very, very wealthy. 
And it was just amazing that, you know, it just, it launched my family from that point on into fairly extreme poverty. Wow. Phoebe, that, that's like a goosebump moment for me. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's, so only in yeah. writing this book did I get these gifts of being able to pull all that together and realizing why I ran my business out of fear for so many years. And talk about being able to wake up and go, well, I don't have to do that. I have already changed our family's history with the level of success that I've had here. And we're doing great. So just keep going forward and not live in this fear of failing all the time. And and in that process, then I'm, you know, kind of redefined failure and I'm redefining fear and realizing it's all part of this entrepreneurial process and not making it a bad thing or a fearful thing. It just is. And it's part of what needs to happen. And you know what? It's part of what needs to happen and it's part of what needs to get talked about because I, I'm 100% with you and, um, you know, have, have similar stories. This conversation isn't really about me, but I, I feel like that failure and the fear and all of that is too frequently just swept under the rug and uh, we don't acknowledge it. We don't talk about it enough. And then when we're going through it, because as you said, we all do at some point or another, everyone who's an entrepreneur, I don't know of anyone who's an entrepreneur who hasn't had to face some pretty hard stuff at some point. Um, when we when we are going through it, when, when others aren't acknowledging it and being open enough about it, then you feel like you're alone. You know, you feel like you're the only one. And what's wrong with me? And, and how can this be happening to me? And it, it's just so easy to then to get sucked into your story even further. Absolutely. I mean, I went into this business with the whole notion of failure is not an option. And people will cheer you on and give you high fives and tell you that is the absolute best, you know, mindset and mentality to have. But you know what? It's wrong. It's completely wrong. You know, I really wish that people would have said that's not the right attitude to have when you go in business. You need to realize you're going to fail about 10 times and it's okay. And each time is going to make you stronger and each time is going to make your business better and more focused on the right audience and more focused on the right processes. But instead, with that mantra of, you know, failure is not an option, then every little failure, I took it as a deep personal cut. And that oh, yeah. is just not the right way. I really like that we're talking about this because to me, you're absolutely right that failure is inevitable when you go into business. It's just going to happen, and it isn't something to be judged as bad or, or um, a problem even. It's an opportunity to learn, and it's an opportunity to do something a little bit differently and to keep moving forward. And, and to be honest with you, um, I called this podcast and, and my book that's coming out, Ready, Set, Grit, and, and I got so fascinated by the idea of grit and keeping moving forward because time and time again, I've seen it with my own business and I've seen it with my friends or people that I've um, helped mentor through business is, is those times that you feel like you just want to stop because it's getting really, really hard just by keeping moving forward and figuring it out. It, it does lead to success. It might not be what you imagined when you first started, but you do get there. You just can't stop is, is at least what my experience has been. Yeah, you can't stop. And you have to realize that just because 
you just failed at something, it doesn't mean you're a failure. You don't, you know, just a person that fails isn't a failure. You just happen to fail because you were trying. It's the businesses that don't try new things and don't innovate. They're the ones that can boast that they've not failed. But anyone that is failing hard <laughs> and failing often is, is trying new things and innovating. And it's actually a beautiful process when you redefine it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really do think it needs to be talked about more. But in this conversation, I've noticed you dropping lots of F words. So I want to move into this. this um, I'm hearing flexibility, fortitude, failure, um, you know, lot, lots of them. And that is, um, in fact, the F words are right in the title of your new book that's coming out called The Fabulous F Words of Business Ownership. And uh, let's talk about this because there's a lot of really important F words. There are. And before anyone gets shocked, the one that everyone thinks of immediately is actually not in the book. Ah, I, thought there were okay. a lot more, <laughs> I thought there were a lot more valuable ones. That one, um, every business owner knows off the top of their head. <laughs> uh, we've probably all uttered it once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, why write a book about that when it's just um, sometimes a way too often occurrence. <laughs> so who did you uh, write this book for? What inspired you? What, what, what's it about? The, the book is actually working with the thought of business ownership and the journey that I've had through it and the amazing lessons that I've learned and earned throughout this process and really realizing that a lot of it comes from that personal foundation that we have and not realizing how, you know, that foundation from my family and my forefathers, how all that really was coloring um, my thoughts, my decisions, my motives, how I was actually interacting with clients and employees. And so I really wanted to kind of dig in more about that and document my journey. So anyone that's writing a book, I can tell you that just go ahead and write that really, really crappy first draft <laughs> because that just lets out all that stuff that's inside and it's more journal-like. I don't journal, so the first draft was very journal-like, which would have been awful for anyone to read, but it provided a great base for me to be able to, to pull those nuggets from of what would be valuable to someone thinking about starting a business or someone that has been in business for a while and can't really put their finger on why certain things are not working the way they want to. So that's what the F words are. There's, I'll, I'm going to rattle off a few of them in case somebody's, you know, confused about what that means. I mean, we're talking about the foundation, which, you know, you and I have talked about a little bit, about framing. It's all about working with your ego who's really there to really protect you and that's really great during like scary times, but business ownership gets scary and sometimes that ego gets in the way and keeps us from doing things because then we're fueled by fear. So that's what the chapter on framing is. And then foresight, I have had some amazing guides in my life that have helped me become a better person, become a better business owner. So the foresight chapter really talks about attracting and getting great guides in order to help you ask better questions in order to help make, you know, your business grow and you grow personally within your business a lot more successfully. And then of course the, you know, the 
the ones we know of about fear and faith and facades, you know, that imposter syndrome that some of us go through in running a business while we're trying new things is, is pretty fantastic. Um, and failure, of course, is there. And focus, like what business owner and entrepreneur doesn't need to remember to focus, <laughs> uh, especially those that have great creative businesses. And so that's, that's the type of efforts that are in the book. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Did you know that the book was going to take that shape when you started it? Or did that come out after you began the journaling process and all of that? Um, I knew I wanted to do something with F words. Um, I woke up like at two o'clock in the morning one day and had this great outline, which did not have F words in it. And so I thought, you know what, I need some kind of theme to tie all this in. And a lot of the things that I was putting in my outline were F words. And I thought, well, you know what, my name's Fabi. My parents were French. I came in as an F word. So it just was like, <laughs> okay. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Or another it, F word. It's another F word. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, why not? And, you know, you know that you've got to get something to tell your brand story and get a good bit of attention with it. And, and the title of the book is doing really well for that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because the F word that all the business owners think of, that's, you know, we can all relate to that too, as we exactly. said. And I have had a lot of the peer reviewers were saying, why don't you be more authentic and put the F word in there? I was like, because it's expected. And, you know, I don't do things that are expected. It's not what I do. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. But what, so you just mentioned when you're rattling them off, um, one of them caught my attention and it was facade. And that's, uh, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. That wasn't okay. one of my prepared questions, but it just okay. got my, just got my attention because that one, I, I know that um, one of the things I do is I host a, a private Facebook group for entrepreneurs. And one time somebody posted something about imposter syndrome and she, she was, she's a successful business owner. And she said, I just don't feel like I'm up to par and, and I, I, I'm really having problems with imposter syndrome. And I feel in, 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 on this private Facebook group, there were, I believe like 85 replies to that because it really strikes a chord with people. Like there isn't an entrepreneur alive probably who hasn't dealt with this at one time or another. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Well, and I want to challenge you on that very final statement that you said. So because you are of a woman and a powerful business owner with integrity, you make the assumption that everyone has an issue with this imposter syndrome and facade. What I found is that the people that do have great integrity are the ones that struggle with the imposter syndrome. Those that do not do not even understand what this conversation is about. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So think about it. If you feel like an imposter, it's because you are typically wanting and needing and being authentic. And as a business owner, when we are trying new things, when we are stepping beyond our comfort zone, it doesn't mean that we are an imposter, but those of us with high levels of integrity really start feeling like we're being inauthentic which makes us feel like a possible imposter. And so when I started looking at that, I thought that is fascinating in itself. 
But then that's how you know that someone's got a fair level of integrity because someone that will jump in and just keep going and going. I mean, there's a different level of that. But yeah, I've got I've got amazing stories about, you know, how feeling like that facade of being something other than um, I mean, it's it's incredible. And it, it's it's a very heavy burden until you break through and realize you're really not being an imposter. You're just breaking through what you know. You're breaking through a comfort zone that you've never had before. Yeah. And that's another something that happens so often in business. You can't avoid it. You, every time you level up or every time you try something new or try to improve yourself, you, you're having to do that. Absolutely. And you know what? That's when you know you're stretching your boundaries. Yeah, when it gets a little uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And so then we have to get, you know, be ready and real every time we're uncomfortable and realize that is our new comfortable. (laughs) It's just staying uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I know for me, another F word that you mentioned that has been important to me is faith. And whatever that means to people, um, my Faith is more non-denominational, I think, but it doesn't really matter to me uh, where people find their own, what what resonates with them. But speaking for myself as a business owner, when I, I people talk about making a leap of faith, and I've certainly had to do that more than once, and, and just maintaining this deep certainty that it it's all working out for my higher purpose or whatever has helped me so many times. And... um. My faith is is a non-religious. I, I don't um, I don't go and participate in organized religion. But you know I will I will pray. I meditate. I sit in silence to just really pull myself together and be able to to hear a deeper, higher wisdom. And all that comes from wisdom itself and from experience. I mean, by the time I was 29, I had moved over 15 times. I'd lost my childhood home. I lived with another family. I'd moved alone to a city with no friends, no family. I didn't know anyone, didn't have any money. I didn't have a security net. And I worked my way through college. I've been hit by a drunk driver. I had my car totaled. I met and married Larry. I gave birth to my daughter and launched my lost, launched and lost my first business by the time I was 29. Oh, my goodness. So I needed to find something besides what I had <laughs> inside in order to, you know, take the next level in my life. And just knowing that there was something much greater outside of myself that is greater than me gave me comfort and gave me a lot of a lot of power. Oh, I like that. Gave you a lot of power. That that's good. And I think so let's segue into the big one of the big F words, which is fear. And that to me, that's very related to faith because fear is so much bigger when you don't face it, in my experience. And a lot of times, like for me, when my business was struggling and we were, there were, there were plenty of times when I didn't know if my debit card was going to work when I was buying groceries. You know, it was very, very stressful or, or gas or, you know, and sometimes it didn't work. and <laughs> That was not fun. But for me, one of my big fears was having my kids exposed to that and grow up with that. I didn't want that for them. And and I didn't have control at the time over that. So they did see it. They did experience it. They they knew what it was like to struggle. 
And uh, that was my biggest fear. I was trying everything to protect them from that, and I wasn't able to protect them from that. And now, years later, what I see in my kids is a resiliency and a determination and a knowledge that things will be okay. And they're actually, I see them as in some ways less fearful because they've seen that you can endure, you know, great difficulties and emerge and, and succeed. And uh, I, I just think back to all, to how hard I tried personally to avoid that. And when it finally, I couldn't avoid it anymore, it really wasn't that bad. I, I know that feeling Does very that well. make sense to you? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And even though, like, I, I look back on it and I think, well, I probably wouldn't have chosen it if I had the choice. Not off but the Texas, it, no. We would never do that. <laughs> right, right, right. But the, the opening paragraph that I have uh, in my fear chapter says, one of the nastiest F words I know is fear. It destroys love, reason, decency, creativity, compassion, logic, sanity, and forward motion. It's taken over our planet like a big invisible fungus spreading into every community, every business, and every human mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we are in sync as what we're thinking about as fear goes. <laughs> it's just not it's just not pretty. And it takes over. It takes over, but when you're able to replace it with faith, yes. it's a whole it it's can be the same situation, but it's a completely different experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Fabi, I can't wait to read your book. And I wonder, um, before we wrap up here, because we are just about out of time, unfortunately, what words of wisdom or, um, I don't know, nugget do you, do you want to leave our listeners with? Now, our listeners are often looking to start a business or level up in their business, which, as we said, brings you out of your comfort zone and exposes you to possible fear and failure. Um, what, what do you have to say to, to our audience? Really just really, really know why it is you want to get into the business for yourself personally and who it is you're wanting to serve and what you want to bring them. And just really getting clarity on that will help you as times become more challenging, as you know, money is, is tight to begin with. But if you have a bigger reason as to why this passionate leap into this business ownership matters in your life and why you have to have it, it, it becomes better. If it's just jumping in to do it for money, you're going to get tired fast. And then if you're doing it just for passion without the money, you're going to go broke fast. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it needs to be a passion that you can monetize. And if it's not a passion, then at least something that you can enjoy and fuels you in a different way. But just get mm. clear, you know, really dig in and allow yourself to be the center of the decisions as to what you're making for your business and have everything grow around that. You know, we've our parents have told us our lives were not the center of the universe. But truth is, we are the center of our business, and depending on our clarity is depending on how the rest of everything will succeed and work. Hmm. That's beautifully put, Fabi. Thank you. Yay. I haven't answered it that way, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's really, really, really uh, powerful. Thank you. Um, I very much enjoyed talking to you. I'm I'm just curious, uh, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and find your book? 
um, on sparkpublications.com or fabypressler.com, F-A-B-I-P-R-E-S-L-A-R, and the book will be on both of those sites. Wonderful. And I certainly will post those links on your page on my website as well, so it's easy for people to find if they didn't have a pen handy. Um, Very much enjoyed talking to you, so thank you for spending time with us today. It was fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for having this podcast and be able to share these great words of wisdom from these different business owners. Very much appreciated. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure when I get to talk to people like you. Yay! (laughs) Yay. It was fun. And for everybody listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it via your favorite streaming service. Just search for Ready, Set, Grit and hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with another very special guest and more information that will help you up-level your business and your life. Until, ne- until then, have a great week and make grit happen. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.